morning, everybody, and welcome to the Barangay Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to episode three. I'm your host, Dominic Alcantara. I'm recording from my wonderfully small apartment in the Philippines. It's 10.30 a.m. And my special guest today is recording in New York City. I'll let him introduce himself. Here, my name is Paolo <laughs> Del Castillo. Uh, my first time on the podcast, and I am recording from Astoria, Queens, and it is currently 10.40 p.m. on the complete other side of the world. Here, shout out to Skype. Shout out, shout to, out Skype. to Skype. Shout out to technology. Yeah, man. Shout out to technology. But, yeah, what a time we live in. Yeah. So I am drinking a coffee. Paolo's drinking a beer. Let's get this thing going. Let's get it going. So I wanted to start off with a simple question. Just to open things up. What's your favorite social media platform and why? Twitter. Why Twitter? I think, I think a lot of... I think myself and a lot of my friends can agree that Twitter is currently undefeated right now. We've heard, we've <laughs> you know as as, cre- as visual creatives we've had everyone's had our beef with Instagram, right? Like no no one no one fucks with the algorithm. Uh, it's frustrating to not see your friends' posts and all that stuff. So Instagram's kind of not what I'm checking the most on my phone right now, but. Um, Conversely, I'm always on Twitter just because not only does do things spread like wildfire on Twitter, like things go viral so fast. Um, it's not just a good place for posting your art because another thing too is your images get so compressed, like your images and videos get so compressed on Instagram or Facebook even or whatever, like they just don't look as good as like, and you put so much time into editing it, you know, and just to, just to have it be like compressed to mush on on these apps. So like, once you upload on Twitter, like Twitter compression doesn't deteriorate the quality of your images. So um, it's not just a good place for posting art, but you know, since things spread so fast there, it's it's also a good place to get your news. Um, a lot of major news outlets are on Twitter and are posting on Twitter, so it's just a great app for everything. It's just it's just how the modern human being stays up to date, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's like, especially with news, it's completely replaced television the way it was before. You know, we used to actually have to watch TV to find out what was going on around the world. Absolutely. And you don't even need a TV anymore. Yeah. Who has TVs anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I still yeah. have one and just collecting dust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Twitter is Twitter is the best thing out right now. Absolutely. And like yeah, said. dude. And like. And I feel like memes are born on Twitter. Like, you get to, you get to see something become a meme on Twitter. Like, like I, I have like I'm, I'm, I'm in like all these group chats with like you know like my photo friends and like my friends from work and whatever. And like people will send me memes. People will send us memes through these group chats. And I'm like, dude, I've already seen it because it was on Twitter. So. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. yeah, man. Me too. Exactly. I see everything first on Twitter. Always, always, yeah. always. I've been like a religious Twitter user for 10 years now. Always, always. Yeah. That's my main app for sure. It's, it's yeah. amazing. And so, yeah, it's like, if you want to be in the loop, just get on Twitter. Just get on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. This yeah. is not a paid partnership, by the way, but I wouldn't be close <laughs> to that. <laughs> Twitter is listening. Yeah. All right. We have well. nothing but good to say, yeah. So anyway, 
in your answer, you mentioned that you are a visual artist. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your background in the arts, what you do, how, where you came from, how you got started? Well, currently I work as a commercial photographer for this company, uh, this clothing company called Icer Brands in New York City. Um, but I've been deeply rooted in the arts, you know, since I was a kid, since, since before I knew how to walk, basically. Um, I found that I had um, an innate talent for drawing, like, early on. So I got started with just drawing. And, you know, growing up as a kid in Southeast Asia, a lot of the things I drew as a kid were anime characters, specifically <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. I drew a lot of Gokus in my childhood. Um, yeah. I drew, a, yeah, I drew a lot of Yugi's. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's kind of where my background came from. As I got older, I and as I got older and I, um, you know, started taking AP art classes in high school, I kind of got. That's when I got introduced to new mediums like, like you know, like charcoal pencils, colored pencils, acrylic paints, oil paints. So that's kind of when I started really getting experimental because I never had any access to that stuff as a kid. And then after that, like I had always been into photography in high school. Um, I actually pushed for my high school to get its first ever photography class, which ended up kind of sucking. But, you know, <laughs> the, the pioneering group of that, along with me and my art teacher. So, yeah, part of the process. So, like, uh, I'd always been into photography in high school, but... You know, I didn't, I didn't have a job or anything, so I could never afford a camera back in high school. So, like, I didn't get into that until later on when I started making money as a sushi chef. And then I got a camera. And then after getting a camera, I got a little cocky. I moved to New York and was like, <laughs> okay, let's see if I can make this photo thing happen. And, and you did. Make <laughs> it until I made it, and then it happened. So, yeah, that, that's me. That's where I'm at right now. The word <laughs> cool 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 and uh and where did you grow up yeah man so i was born in the philippines in manila but didn't really live in manila uh i spent most of my childhood in the philippines in albay by mount mayon it was a pretty like like kind of rural um small community you know like we weren't far from a lot of the farms i grew up next to you know, Mount Mayon, an active volcano in the Philippines. And yeah, I, I, I grew up next to that and I kind of took for granted what a sight to behold that is because it's like a perfectly shaped cone. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know, it's like you, you, you look it up on Google Images and it's like a perfect shape. So I didn't know that that wasn't the norm for the rest of the world. And yeah, so I had a lot of I had a lot of inspiration from nature growing up because, you know, like the wildlife in the Philippines is is incredibly diverse. You know, the landscapes are diverse. You're next to all these mountains, these beaches, like these islands, like everything. Yeah, so I spent most of my childhood there. Um, my last year in the Philippines, I spent in Quezon City. Yeah, and then we moved to the States in 2002 when I was nine years old. And it's funny because what ended up my dad ended up moving us to the states because of his visit to new york city in 2000 so we got to see new york city pre 
Um, he still got to see the Twin cool. Towers, which was crazy. He took he took photos of everything. He brought back toys from America. You know, like what third world kid doesn't love that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. So like, so that that is essentially inspired him to move the whole family to America, and it's finally come full circle because his only son is in New York now. So yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's really cool. That's a good story. Yeah. That's a good Thank story. You. Yeah, after uh, after the Philippines, I spent uh, the majority of my life so far, the last, from 2002 to 2016, so 14 years in Florida, in Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, man, that was, that was a, you know, coming from the, from Southeast Asia to, to a very, um, like, to what I would, classify as middle america you know it's not a big city it is a college town so it's a little more diverse than like kansas or some shit but like <laughs> but yeah so like com- coming to uh from southeast asia to the states was you know mind-blowing because you know i came here i came here it was november it was thanksgiving i had no idea what thanksgiving was <laughs> um, our first flight straight from the from the Philippines landed in Detroit, Michigan. It was cold. I had never felt cold in my life. There, <laughs> there was a football game playing. It was the Patriots versus the Lions. I didn't know what football was. I didn't know what Thanksgiving was. I didn't know Coke came in different flavors. I didn't know cherry or vanilla Coke existed. It was it was a lot to take in at first. Um, yes, yeah. that's, that's so fire. <laughs> yeah, dude, like. That, that was the first time in my life I had ever seen my breath from it being cold outside, and that blew my fucking mind. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, it was, it's completely eye-opening. And anyone, anyone who's ever immigrated from a third-world country to a place like this, like you, you know what I'm talking about. Like it's a yeah. lot to take in. Yeah, yeah. Especially as a child, like when your imagination can still run wild, like it's a lot to take in. But yeah, sure. man. I, I I spent most of my child. Or I spent most of my teen years, uh, all of my teen years, growing up in Florida. You know, um, I was the only Asian kid in my class for a lot of the years I was growing up. So you know, that was tough uh, coming from a different country. Yep. Trying to tell people where you came from, nobody knows where it is. Everybody yeah. just assumes. Yeah. I dealt with the same thing being in a small town in New Jersey, and it was just, it was really frustrating. You know, it's it's really not easy. I had very few Asian friends, very few Filipino friends. And yeah. My sister and I were like the only, two of the only minorities in my town, in my high school and everything. And it's, it's a weird experience, man. It's tough. It's, it's hard to find a balance where it, to make things comfortable as, you know, to assimilate only so far and then, you know, to remain as yourself, as your cultural self. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough to find that balance. Yeah. I feel like that So finding that balance was almost impossible in the time that we grew up because i can't speak for it now because i i'm 25 now i haven't been to a school in god knows how long but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can't speak for what the experience is now but back then it was crazy because you really really felt outnumbered yeah like man. if you got if you got bullied for your for having asian eyes or like looking like jackie chan or whatever like you couldn't really do anything about it. No, no one's there to back you up, you know. Yep. Like, so, so yeah, it's it's kind of a, a unique experience that 
Asians who grew up in the West like experience, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But not exactly though, because it's 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 not always common, you know. You you and I both had the same situation where we moved into our families moved into places that weren't heavily populated by Asians. That's true. You're right. You know? That's true. And so and I didn't we, know we kind of had a different grow like youth experience compared to probably most Asian Americans because I I think a lot of the Asian Americans and you know kind of reside in the same places. They, they stick together for sure. Yeah. 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 I, and I didn't know those communities existed until I got out of my hometown and started meeting people from those places like yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. You can either you can either have what we experience and be the only Asian kid growing up or you go to a school with nothing but Asian kids. Yeah. But I feel like every experience is unique and, you know, it shapes you into the person you are today. You know, your experiences make you a little more empathetic towards humanity in general. So, um, I mean, I'm still thankful for it. I still have friends from back home. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah. No, that's but, yeah, know needless to mean. say, yeah, that's, you know, behind me. I don't live there anymore. <laughs> yeah. After high school, I worked as a sushi chef just because I wanted to go to art school. But it was, you know, uh, if anyone's ever tried to go to college in America, everybody knows how expensive it can be here, especially private art schools. And in some cases, they're more expensive than Ivy League schools here, which make no sense. But yeah, it's education after high school is very can be very inaccessible in America. So not going to college is actually a viable option for a lot of people people here. And that's what I ended up doing. I yeah, worked I as chef. Huh? I had a really good talk about the education system with Josh on the last episode because, you know, his his educational life is so different from what I had and what you probably would have had or, you know, what you didn't have because he, you know he's in the army and everything and the way that they yeah. they work out his situation financially is is so amazing man like obviously it's a huge commitment it's a huge responsibility for him but what he gains from it is is really really dope man yeah it's yeah. incredible and you know respect to anyone who takes that path because that is a viable option like you can get your education completely paid for by the army and yeah. amongst like one of many benefits you'll receive but not everyone is suited for that life. I don't believe I'm suited for that life. <laughs> yeah, me too. Man. I can't. I, I can't do what that man does. He runs like seven miles every single day without breaking a sweat. I don't know how. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how either, man. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I respect it though. Mad yeah. Respect mad respect. Mad respect to Josh. So, for everybody who who knows us, you might not know Paolo and I met. What's it now? Three years ago? Two and a half? Three years ago? uh two and a half yeah something like, like that two and a half three years ago uh we we just met because i don't even know how do we meet man through our group chat oh yeah 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 16 mob shout out to 16 mob yeah shout out to the non-existent <laughs> 16 mob r.i.p paolo and i got started with josh as well actually in a in a group yeah. chat I, I don't remember if josh and i talked about this on the last episode but we started off in a group chat of, I don't know, 40 photographers in New York. And we were all very young, very, very young from like 17 years old to like 20, 24 years old. Very young group. 
but we really started to kick it hit it off in yeah in 2017 um we used to go to these these meetups josh and i talked about it we used to go to these photo meetups hosted by pursuit of portraits we would always take portraits together we would always just be hanging out shooting working if we had work opportunities <laughs> yeah Which usually back then we didn't so we were just yeah. kind of creating for fun all the time yeah and how how we met was i hit dom up to model for me i hadn't met him in person prior but i had this i had this deal going on with my barber where oh, yeah, yeah Ryan. i i bring i bring him i bring him models and he cuts their hair and i take photos of the models with his haircuts and dom was the first person i think to do that i was the first one i think you were actually no you may i think you were the second one first or second i can't remember it was either you or drab was the first one yeah 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 um, yeah so that's how we met uh he had he's got the buzz cut now but he had this this the uh, the ill slick back back in the day yep back in the day yeah so I was like, dude, this this dude would be perfect for this. So I hit him up, and then we ended up hanging out that day. And, you know, the rest is history. The we rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah, so for the next few months, we both ended up moving to Jersey City. Like, just a few months after that, maybe three months after that, two months after yeah. that. We ended up both in Jersey City. Spent a lot of time there, made a new network of people there new more photographers more friends more more nightlife everything yeah and, you know it was a completely new place to the both of us and you know our our, uh, our friendship our partnership continued to grow from there and we've uh, we've done a lot together since then yeah I think. a lot <laughs> we've done um, a lot together since then and that's how that's how we're here today that's how barangay came to be the name was a joke at first yeah for, for those of you that don't know, Barangay means uh, neighborhood in Tagalog. And it, it was a joke because we made a group chat and everyone in the group chat were neighbors in some way. We all lived in Jersey City or Woodside, yeah, Queens. So it just we just ended up calling it Barangay, Barangay Boys. And <laughs> fast forward two years and manifested to what it is today it, it was originally a group chat um because we were making plans to play pool <laughs> uh, yeah we uh, just wanted just, to play we just, pool we just wanted to play pool with that specific group of people um and then Which we added we still more do. people and we yeah. still do this we still yeah do we this. still do but we ended up never playing pool or at least not playing pool for the next like year year and a half to two years yeah but we did throw some events together so i that definitely makes up for not playing yeah man for sure <laughs> so uh before we talk more about barangay and everything let's talk more about you man what, what were some uh major milestones in your creative career because you've been doing this for a long time you've been you've been living the creative life since you were a kid so what are some major major milestones for you well, I think the first one, um, and this is definitely just a personal milestone, is, you know, making the move to New York. Because I think, in hindsight, I don't think I could have grown as much as I did anywhere else that 
you know, I, I feel like I, I, I grew a lot here. I met a lot of people. Um, I started to understand about where, like, my eyes are drawn to, what my creative process is, um, what I'm good at, what I'm bad at. I, I feel like New York teaches you that. And, you know, especially living in a place like this where, where the pace is so fast, like, you know, like, everybody knows what the New York minute is, like, it's gone in a blink of an eye. So, yep. you know, just having, just having that mindset to kind of reinforce you to work hard was definitely helpful. Um, I was actually, I was just scrolling through Facebook the other day and there was this, uh, this humans in New York post and this guy was like, my favorite thing about New York city is that it always reminds you that it doesn't need you. And that yes, is, I love that. That is definitely true because if you come here without a goal in mind, you'll probably end up moving back to your hometown within like the month. So, um, I think moving here definitely is the first major milestone that I would say, uh, helped shape me into who I am today. Because just having, just being in a city like this, having access to all this, to all this art, all this inspiration you can take in from, from the people, from the scenes, the buildings, everything. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, same thing for me. Like I, I moved to New York right out of high school. I moved here for, I moved there for college. Um, I knew I was going to do it all along. I, I knew New York was my move growing yeah. up. I had a feeling, but I didn't really know what to expect, what was going to happen to me once I got there. You know, I really thought that I was going to go into tech. I thought I was going to go into the tech world for sure. I went into college studying computer science, but you know, when I got there and I started to get inspired by all the creative people around me, I guess that I met through college, um, I realized that that probably wasn't for me. I really, I realized it pretty fast that the tech world wasn't for me and that yeah. I would, I would go into something creative. I just didn't know what until I picked up a camera and yeah, I had never used, I'd never really used the camera until I moved to New York and <clears throat> not that I was ever like particularly great at it, but it definitely, it shaped me. It gave me a new hobby that eventually turned into a job. And, yeah. You know, it just it opened my mind to more more of the arts because I wasn't really that into it. I was really only into music and 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 drama and things like that. I hadn't really experienced the uh, the real creative industry. You know, that's just what New York does to you. <laughs> yeah, that's what absolutely. And like, that's like my favorite thing of having, you know, just a camera around your neck is just like you. The more you practice and the more you use your camera, like you kind of start to see things differently yeah. and you kind of start thinking in terms of frames where yeah. like you would see a scene in front of you and picture it in like a two by three frame and you're either like, Oh, that's dope. Or that's not worth taking a photo of. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, in a city like this, there's a lot of those scenes to be had. So it's just great. It's it, you, you never run out of anything to take photos of, whether you're here for vacations or if you're here for like an artist residency or whatever, there's, there's nothing you don't run out of like things to behold, you know, like, yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. for sure, man. So, uh, can you talk about your life as a photographer and also your other mediums? Like, can you talk about your style, your style as an artist? Word. 
Well, you know, I picked up photography shortly before I moved here. You know, I was I was finally um, making some money uh, working as a sushi chef. So uh, I bit the bullet, bought a camera. Um, and, you know, like, this holds true for anyone who buys their first camera. They get into that honeymoon phase where they just take photos of everything. Yep. When I bought my camera, it was around the time of uh, it, was, it was around graduation season. And I grew up in a college town. So, like, I had a lot of friends who went to the local school, uh, the University of Florida. So, like, um, you know, a lot of them were graduating. So I was like, all right, maybe I can get my first paid gigs as a graduation photographer and see how that is. So, like, I did it for dirt cheap. I did these photo sessions for no time limit. It could have been all day for $100 flat. Never doing that again, but yeah. <laughs> um, I did it for so cheap that I got booked for the whole week. Took photos of people in the same spots around the campus for an entire week, and that's when I realized that, all right, this graduation thing isn't for me. Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty about photography. There's a lot of ways you could take it. You could be a wedding photographer. Uh, you could be an event photographer, a nightlife photographer. Um or you could just be, you know, a fine art photographer. Like, there's a concert photographer. There's a lot of ways you could take this. Like, you take photos of everything. So that's one of my favorite things about photography. But, yeah, so, like, after realizing that wasn't for me, I came to New York on, like, a one-week vacation, took photos of everything I saw, yep. came back, and I was like, fuck, that's where I need to be. Fast forward one month, I came back here permanently, and um, I think my professional career here started when a friend of mine who works at the company I work for now, Icer Brands, he was the head designer for one of their brands called Brook and Claw. You know, we caught up, like, after I moved here, we caught up, we got some drinks, and he was like, hey, dude, like, I didn't know you were into photography, uh, I can put you in... I can put a word in with my boss if you ever want to do any any work for us. So um, I was like, hell yeah, of course, as, as any new photographer, you take any job you can get. Yeah. Um, and so I did. And the first shoot with them went really well. And fast forward, they were booking me consistently. Uh, and then I eventually just ended up working for them full time. So now I'm there commercial resident commercial photographer at this company and i still freelance whenever i have free time yeah so. yeah so aside from the from the career job like how has your how has your your style changed over the years like talk about like when you first gained when you kind of first gained some some relevance on social media and you know how you how you formed yourself as an artist your creative experiences you know how it's shaped you into the artist that you are today because you've done so many different mediums since you were a kid from illustration to painting and now photography and how you put it all together and you know yeah can you talk about that word um well so when i when i was still fresh in new york and i was taking photos of a lot of things um i realized that my favorite thing to take photos of were portraits uh because with portrait photography uh, it gives you an opportunity to meet people and work with people that you otherwise wouldn't. 
And, yeah. you know, if it weren't for that and if it weren't for social media, uh, I don't think I'd have any friends right now. And this <laughs> side call wouldn't be happening. So I'm incredibly thankful for that, you know, so like just it gave me a reason to step out of the house to meet someone new, to potentially make a new friend. Um, so that's what I focused on. But uh, I think the double edged sword that's social media, especially Instagram, is while you can build connections like that, once you start posting your work and you kind of see your work in this like three by nine, like three by three square on Instagram. Yeah. Like you see that and then you see somebody else's and somebody else's and somebody else's. It's so saturated that you start to notice that everything kind of looks the same. Yeah. And in a field like this where it's incredibly saturated and anybody can pick it up and learn it fast because, you know, we have, we have all these resources now. We have YouTube and Skillshare and you can learn anything at any pace now. So, like, photography is just incredibly saturated. So there's a lot of people out there shooting, a lot of photographers. It's really, really easy to fall into that, um, like, like, into that kind of, like, like, photography limbo where your work looks exactly like this person's or this person's or this person's. So where I kind of started to deviate from that was how can I, was I thought, how can I make myself stand out in a field where everything, like, like a lot of these photographers have similar styles and what have you, like, I, I thought it was really important to make an impression on, on the viewers it's like, oh, this guy does this. Like, this guy can do this. He doesn't just do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where I kind of started to think, like, what can I do differently? And that's when I started to employ, like, my background as uh, as a fine artist, as a, as a, like, as, as a painter and, and an illustrator was because admittedly that part of my life like you know painting and illustrating fell behind like to the photography because you know I, I was I was super into it I was still in my honeymoon phase so I was it was just photography 24 7 so that that part of my life was kind of just like like on hold like I hadn't touched that aspect of myself like in a long time so that's when when I when I started about thinking about how I could differentiate myself like that's when I started kind of like merging what I had been doing before, which was the painting and illustrating and the, and all the graphics and stuff like into my photo work. And that's when I became truly myself, like with what I was making, because that's when, that's when I started having fun. That's when like, like real, real fun. Like, like even after the shoot, like you just sit on your computer all day for hours and you're just like, trying to see what looks good and like you're putting all these like layers and and like and all this stuff like over your photos so like that's when I started having like like a lot of fun that's when it started feeling true to myself like I was doing it for myself and not like to just stay relevant on social media yeah no that's a that's a huge difference you know like once you get to that point where you're you're creating for yourself and not for not for an audience it really changes your perspective of, of, of the, you know, of, of being a creative, you know, and, yeah. and that's something that you've, you've done really well with, you know, you still balance out your, 
your work where photography is your job all day every day and you still make time to to create what you want to create so um right. yeah so like in the exhibits that we've had or exhibits that paulo has done can, can you talk about what you show what you usually do for for exhibits so um so before i do that i'm just going to talk a little bit about what i do on what i do for social media so i, I went Work. through a whole like paint phase where i would just paint on a blank piece of paper and like photoshop that paint onto an image where it, it's just over the image digitally but for the work that i do in exhibits i will actually take a print and paint over the print and that's where I feel like it really came to life for me because that's what I was doing on a blank canvas before, like just painting on a blank canvas. But now I was doing it on photo prints and that's when everything felt like it came full circle. And um, another thing is, you know, like I, I, I employ these very heavy textures on my prints when, when I paint over them, like, like you can see it if you've ever been to any of our shows, like, like you, you can see the texture. So another thing I, I like to do is like, I, I like to let people touch the prints just so they can feel that the texture is real. Like this is not some, you know, like digitally manipulated image. Like this is real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, it was, it was, it was just another thing that I like, I kind of didn't like um, whenever I went to museums as a kid or even now, like I, I just don't like that. You're not allowed to touch anything. <laughs> like I can understand why you can't touch some things like yeah of course like like like, like really old paintings or really like fragile sculptures or whatever but I just kind of didn't like that you couldn't touch anything at all so yeah so I I let people do that just you know it, it forms a conversation with with the people viewing my work and I think it's like a great icebreaker yeah exactly because you're you're yeah. creating something something interactive you know and and when people get to when people are, are viewing art, there's, you know, you can think about it all you want. You can talk about it with people. But then when you're actually having that interaction with the art, a physical interaction with the art, it's something new that most people hadn't experienced before. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. And so it's definitely something special, man. Yeah. Right. How many how many times have you gotten to exhibit your work now? Um, It's been one, two, three six times now six times in the past two years I, yeah i think it's i think it's been six times because my first exhibit was in brooklyn with for all yeah in 2017. Um, the second one was with adrian for jbb yeah. and after the second exhibit that's when we were like dude we've seen the work that goes into these exhibits we could just do it ourselves so that's when we started doing it yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, like, it took us a long time to get things moving. Not that long, but it felt like a long time. It feels like a long time looking back at it now. Like, yeah. uh, like when we met in early 2017 to when we actually formed the group in, in middle of 2017, it took us a year after that to do our first show. Um, and that went into that with, six months of planning six months of meetings and you know organizing and you know it's a lot of work it was a lot of work for us yeah can you talk a little bit more about uh about barangay yeah dude i mean like i said earlier uh it was just a group chat it was kind of a joke the name was a joke and 
uh, it manifested into what it is today, which is an artist collective that has a bunch of our friends from all over the world. Like this call right now, like I'm, I'm <laughs> calling in from New York City. Dom is calling in from Manila. We have, we have members in, in all different parts of the states, all different parts of Canada, Australia, the Philippines. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a worldwide creative collective uh, where we just just you know celebrate our culture and the arts, and we just try to establish our identity within the arts as well in the creative world. Yeah, yeah, man, that's what it's all about. I and mean, you know, aside from just yeah, like you said, with cultural cultural impacts, like we we really focus on the cultural impact of what we're doing. Like everything that we've done has been really to to raise people who who embrace their cultures as as an artist and and find that work life culture balance. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I think because of a, a lot of our um, a lot of the people that or a good chunk of the people that have attended our shows or follow us on sh- social media or what have you, um, they're they're a little younger than us, you know, like yeah, like. It's, it's like kids who are starting college like like you know like 18 to 24 like like that yeah. demographic uh yeah. it's, it's also you know to show like to kind of inspire like a younger generation that it is possible to do this like like you know like a lot of us we were filipino um we we had we had you know our parents you know like their generation's ideologies forced upon us mm-hmm. where uh like they want you to be a, a doctor or a nurse or whatever, and you know, understandable. At the end of the day, your parents just want you to live comfortably. But you know, personally, like my parents understand that. Well, now they do. They understand that that life is not for everybody. I'm sure doms do as well. Yep. Um, like we have our own passions to pursue, and that's just what we try to tell the people that are younger than us that it is possible. Yeah, for sure. For sure, because yeah, we we deal with so many stereotypes, uh, you know, from an outside perspective and an inside perspective. Where you know, like you said, our traditions as Southeast Asians and everything, like it's very very prominent in Southeast Asian culture, the the life that you're supposed to have, the career life, and the way that it's the way that it's pushed on us by our parents and the previous generation, you know, because they oftentimes say they worked so hard why you know we want you to do do better bigger and better things than us and and so the creative life the creative careers are not really usually what you think of when you think of uh being a successful american and so yeah like we've we've really tried to to break that boundary and like you said continue to inspire younger people that you know if you're going to go to college you don't have to become a nurse you don't have to be a doctor you don't have to be a lawyer you know there's so unless you want to be out there unless you want to be yeah there's, <laughs> no, there's really nothing wrong with that but but like if your passion is somewhere else and you want to follow it don't don't be scared to follow it yeah and it's kind of cool because one of our boys adrian is a nurse <laughs> yeah and he's balancing his his career as a nurse with his uh with with us essentially with this is his creative side he, he yeah. helps us together events he he coordinates everything if he needs to sometimes he'll finance us shout out to adrian shout out to adrian um, yeah dude so even when you are a medical professional you can't ignore what your 
what you love, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Adrian's been with us for uh, about a year and a half now, and he kind of he pulls a lot of the strings. He's he's the most experienced out of all of us when it comes to doing... Behind the scenes, very yeah, behind the scenes. Very behind the scenes, very behind the scenes. I don't, I don't think probably most people don't know him. Uh, yeah. He's he doesn't he's not really very active as a creative in the same way that I am. I'm I'm the same. I'm not very active either. But I think he and I both are more focused on the behind the scenes work of, you know, keeping things going, pushing pushing the the business and the events and whatnot. Yeah, Adrian's a monster, man. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, you definitely need those people in your crew. Someone who works from the shadows like yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's what adrian does man yeah he's he's really inspired me and i think probably everybody in the group because everybody, he, has, dude. he has so much knowledge and yeah he's a little older than us as well but he has so much knowledge like he is such an informed person and yeah you know when you have somebody like that around it it really inspires at least it inspires me to to grow more to con to want to continue to learn like I want to be like him, you know. I, I want to. Yeah. I want to be as smart as him. I want to be able to handle every situation the way that he can. And he's helped me a long way because I've been doing these these events here in Manila on my own, basically. And yeah, you know, I, I take a lot from him. He, I talk to him all the time about how to how to make things work, how things should function. And yeah, I, I learn from him every single time I talk to him. <laughs> Shout out to Adrian. Shout out to Adrian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah dude, that's that's what we are. We're planning our our next show in Manila this coming January. So yes, sir. Be on the lookout for more information on that. Yeah, um, for everybody listening. Be, <laughs> yeah, it's about to be my first time back in the Philippines since 2002. So it's gonna be super exciting. Why is that? Why haven't you Why haven't you had the opportunity to come back? I I really well, think you know, that like coming. Coming back to the Philippines, being in the Philippines is like, for me, it's amazing because, you know, I didn't grow up here, but I visited here a few times as a kid growing up. And, you know, just just being able to to come from America and then coming back here and really taking in the the culture that was instilled upon me through my family from a distance, you know, actually living in it is something totally different. Like it's it's changed my perspectives on on everything in the world basically oh yeah that's definitely important <laughs> if you've never been to the philippines before to just know where you came from like yeah you know like everybody wants to know where they where they came from that's why 23 and me exists but like um <laughs> the, the reason <laughs> uh the reason why i have never been back is because well when i was a kid um it was hard for my family to go back, you know, like even my parents, like my mom's only been back to the Philippines once this whole time since we moved here. And my dad's never been back at all. And oh, really? neither have, yeah, he's never been back at all. Wow. Like neither have any of my siblings because, uh, you know, like I came from a big family. It's very hard to get everyone, um, you know, like travel accommodations and like all that stuff for like, uh, for a family of my size, you know, it was my parents, my grandmother, and me and my three sisters, so it was seven of us total. So it was really hard to, to you know, to travel with seven people. Yeah, so that's why I never went back as a kid. I haven't went back as an adult because, I don't know, I, I haven't seen as good of a reason to come back until this. Yeah. 
because I'm like you know to be to be blunt, I'm not very close with my family over there. I probably wouldn't go see them if you're listening. If, if any of you guys are listening, my bad. <laughs> you know, so you guys know, just so you guys know what to expect. I, I probably wouldn't go see them because you know I'm not very close with them at all. Yeah, so like uh, like a reason like a reason to go back to the Philippines other than. Yeah, I would have loved to vacation there, but like a reason to go back to the Philippines hasn't arrived like this one. Like there hasn't been a better reason to go back than this show that we're about to have in January yeah. 2020. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. We'll hopefully expecting a bunch of our friends to be here as well, coming yeah. from the states, coming from Australia, coming from Canada. So it should be a good time. So we're not going to talk about that too much yet. That's still a few months away. We're in. <laughs> We'll start pushing that a little later. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> what are some uh, personal goals that you have for yourself in your career? Well, um, you know, I think so. One of my personal goals, and I feel like this, this is also for a lot of people too, or at least anyone who's like worked in a corporate environment. Like, yeah, like I'm a photographer full time, but at the end of the day, I still work in a corporate environment. You know, it's just to be your own boss, like. Like, I want to work under my own terms. I want to get to the point where I have me and my friends, the Barangay Boys, we have enough clientele to where we're, we actually function as a creative agency and we sustain a living by working with said clientele on a regular basis where we have more freedom we have all the freedom, actually, as far as creativity and where to take things as far as, like, you know, campaigns or, or whatever, like, like lookbooks, uh, social media promotions, whatever. Like, like, I do all that for my job right now, but I hate to say it, but I don't really have any creative freedom because at the end of the day, I'm still an employee. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think that's, like... Like every, I feel like every person in a creative field, whether you're like myself, if you're a photographer, or maybe, you know, like you're a designer or you work at an ad agency or what have you, like anyone who is a creative, but does, like, and you do a creative job in a corporate environment probably feels more or less the same where, yeah. Because you have those limitations, you have those restrictions yeah, on, you, on what you, you can and you, can't do. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to speak for everyone because there are some people out there who love their jobs. Like, don't get, a, don't get me wrong, I love my job, but it's just like, sometimes I feel like it's a little counterproductive because you hired me, a creative person, to be creative, and then you don't let me be creative. So, like, so... It's, it's just a little counterproductive to me. So I feel like that's one of, that's like, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, um, to be honest with you, but it's just probably the biggest goal that I and a lot of my friends have right now. Yeah. Because, no, you know, like, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Cause like, cause you know, like a lot of people will also ask me, where do I see myself in five years? Honestly, I can't tell you. Because if you would ask me this five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I'd be where I am now. So I kind of don't like to think of it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, as far as goals, like I definitely want to just be 
partly running a creative agency with my friends where, you know, like with Dom and I have had this mentality where, where everybody eats, like, you guys who have seen paid in full know what that means. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like everybody eats, everyone's working, everyone's taken care of and everyone's doing what they love. Like, yeah, ultimately I think that's the goal for us. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. That's very true. Yeah, everybody eats. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, if we're all doing what we love, like, that's, that's really the goal for me, like, just keep elevating people to the place where they can just focus on what they love to do, you know, not anything else, because and sustain a living off of it and, and sustain a living off it. Exactly. That's yeah. the biggest challenge. That's the biggest challenge, because we can all yeah. create time to do what we love to do as a hobby. But if you want to take what you love to do and make it into a career, that's something completely different. And you know, I don't really have a career. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I <laughs> am um, a full-time model. So, I I don't really have a job. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just I work whenever I can. It's it's basically like being a freelancer, but it, it is my full-time job. Uh, yeah. I've been doing it for years now. Uh, for the last almost two years, I've been based in Manila as a model, as an actor, and I haven't really had a job. I haven't really had anything to focus on aside from, you know, staying in shape and, and my modeling and acting career. Like, I'm, I'm lucky if I work two or three times a month. Like, that's just the way it is. That's that's the way it is in New York as well. But yeah, I, yeah so it's... I don't exactly have... A job i don't really have a full-time career or anything like that yeah. yet not yet working on it still in works still in the works yeah definitely and that's that's the hard thing for models you know especially if you're uh if you're at the mercy of your agency yeah and what, what dama is experiencing now uh is similar to uh what people that i've met here through my job or or wherever, like they have similar experiences with their agency. Well, 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 they're they'll just fucking crush it for like a month or two and get booked for like a lot of jobs, and they'll be like comfortable, financially comfortable for a little while, and yep. then they experience these droughts. So, like being at the mer, like at the end of the day, we just don't want to be at the mercy of other people, you know? Exactly. We, we like, yeah. <laughs> we just want exactly. to. Our goal is to just do things on our own terms. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really the goal. It's just that, that freedom, you know, yeah. freedom to not be held back by anything, you know, just take any opportunity as you want it to be. And because we have done we have learned so much. We have grown so much together. The two of us, my modeling career basically happened because of Paolo. Yeah, I think I think we both helped each other a lot in our earlier days in New York and in Jersey City. Where, yeah, man, everybody eats. Yeah, everybody eats. Yeah, we yeah. work together yeah, consistently. Yeah. You know, as soon as I got my photography job, the first people I wanted to hire were my friends. And <laughs> that was that was Dom. We got I tried to get Dom booked as much as possible to get his modeling career kickstarted and, and that's what led to him going international. Yeah, I was actually I was actually uh with Paolo shooting the day that I got my offer to move to the Philippines. Where we were, we were shooting because I had just shaved my head. I was trying a new look. <laughs> trying a new look for a new york as a model and yeah literally in the studio i got the email and i was like yo what the hell is this <laughs> I, yeah, yeah it was symbolic man um it was 
the, sh- the, the head shave was uh, was liberating. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad was, you did. This was literally <laughs> the day after I shaved my head. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad he did it. Yeah, it, it just I feel like it opened so many doors for him. Yeah, exactly. So for for all you photographers out there, and for all you models out there, if you're just getting started and you're listening to this, find something like what me and Paolo had, where early on, really, really early on, we we noticed we each had a, a talent for something, and and we created a portfolio together. Like my portfolio when I was approaching agencies was almost a hundred percent Paolo's work, you know, and that just that just made it easier for for me and for him to yeah to build that professional portfolio because we had a really good relationship and and work was easy between the two of us and so i always tell people when they're new to modeling like if you're in school find your school's photography club you know and, and try to meet people there who might be looking for models and try to build a working relationship in that sense and that's exactly what we did and it, it worked out for both of us you know after yeah, we started and- to focus on our careers our portfolios that was when Paolo ended up getting his full-time job and then that was when I ended up going international you know and like it, it was just consistency and it was a working relationship that that it just, that was, it just you know, worked it, it just worked and that's super important especially if you're new um yeah. just building building a rapport with people um because you like back then Dom and I didn't really have anything we were both broke um, <laughs> but one thing one thing we we did have was a portfolio we had a lot of work to show people so yeah. um yeah we like and it still holds true today we can always count on each other so yeah for sure just just find that because you definitely if you have big goals like you definitely can't do it all on your own like you need it takes a village like exactly exactly yeah. i love that phrase yeah it definitely takes a village like build with your friends like that's like that's like the most like not to say that either of us or anyone in our group is anywhere near where we want to be in life right now because you know like like there's always room for improvement right like of course there's you never want to see a ceiling but like like i forgot what i was gonna say but like um (laughs) yeah just, just build with your friends because you know like like you building yourself up while you build your friends up simultaneously, like there's nothing more gratifying. Exactly. There's, there's nothing more gratifying, nothing more satisfying than like achieving goals with your, with your closest friends, you know, and we've been doing this for years now. And, you know, we could say the same thing about anybody else in our group. We've been doing this for a long time. All of us have, have taken a lot of time to, to perfect our crafts, which none of us are perfect, but you know, we've, we've, Ever since we all got together, the amount the amount of progress that we've all made as as individual creatives has has like it's skyrocketed through the roof. You know, we've all been yeah. we've all been able to to develop our styles as in our free time as like our hobby creative side, and then also our career creative side. And so, definitely for anybody who's just starting out in the creative industry, like really try to create with your friends, people who understand you, uh, people who understand your your craft, just because it helps. It helps you to learn more as you go. It it makes criticism easy. You know, like in our group chat early on, we always criticized each other. We we gave each other positive or negative feedback depending on whatever we saw, um, and that just really it shaped all of us as as creatives in our lives. You know, just to yeah have different perspectives, have have more inspiration from very close people in your life. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah and so, it, 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 no, it's, it's super important that you have that you have a group like that you don't just have a group full of yes men you know because like exactly yeah <laughs> yeah that becomes you, you need that you need people you need people who push you yeah yeah so yeah let's talk about inspirations man who were who were some of your uh, earlier inspirations and who are your inspirations today well some of my earlier inspirations were uh as an artist you know i was very as a kid i was very inspired by anime um especially you know if any of anyone listening right now has grown up in any asian country uh we know how popular anime is here in the states or in the west but in Asia, it's a whole nother level. You're just surrounded by it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of my artistic styles as a kid were uh, were inspired by anime. As I got older, um, you know, I was around, like, when I was probably, like, a sophomore, junior in high school. Uh, it was, like, like, Kanye West was at, like, the peak of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out graduation came out like two years before that so he was like untouchable like yeah. he still is untouchable but like that was like crazy like just witnessing that like that kanye and kid cuddy were huge inspirations for me as like like a 16 17 year old like like the the music they made and the visuals accompanied by that music, whether it was, you know, like, like their music videos, um, album art, Takashi Murakami did album art for Kanye and Cudi. Uh, he yeah. was a big inspiration too. Like it all, it all struck a huge chord with me. So, um, you know, Kanye, Cudi, Murakami, uh, cause too, cause you know, like I was paying attention to a lot of the art, album art that Kanye was coming out with around that time. So, you know, after Cause did 808s and Heartbreaks, I was exposed to, to him. So, like, I, I still employ, like, some, like, like certain, like, like, visual, like, elements that Cause had in his earlier works, like, in my work today, where you have, like, graphics or paint wrapping around your subjects and stuff like that. Like, yeah. that's, something I, that's something I still use today. So, like, like Cause was, was a huge inspiration. Uh, James Jean as well, like he he employed those similar um, elements that I was talking about, where you you were kind of wrapping around your subject, but just kind of in a different way. He 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 had like like kind of like an Eastern old like Meiji era Japanese kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like like James Jean, uh, a lot of my early, those were a lot of my early inspirations. Uh, you know, as I got older, that's when I. And started to like make more, you know, like like-minded friends. I started to draw inspiration from the people close to me, rather than like these really big, like like these these, these really big like iconic people in the art world. So you know, like it's important for you to 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 draw inspiration from your friends and and you know the the friends that we have within the group within Baranga, they they inspire me. I know they inspire Dom every day. Like yep, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like lately, you know, uh, everyone in our group inspires me. You know, Dom does. Like no one, it's not easy to do what he did. You know, like moving to the Philippines, all the way from from New York. Uh, shout out to Josh. His shit's always mind blowing. Um, yeah. I can't even wrap my head around his thought process. You know, 
Um, Justin <laughs> as well. I feel like I feel like Justin. For those who yet, for those of you who don't follow Justin on Instagram, just just follow him, please. Like, do yourself a favor, Justin Peralta. Um, he's I think he's like the epitome of seeing like like beauty and like everyday things. Yes, exactly. I could agree more. Because like the way that he 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 captures it and the way that he puts it together is like insane to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like Justin yeah. Justin can do things that are, you know, he can he'll take general photos that are really just that most people would look at as just like documentation and he'll juxtapose them with different things that 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 fit cohesively in a theme. So whether that be in colors or in motion or in, you know, anything, but then also he's, he's so good at, at creating a setup, creating, creating the image. Like Justin is one of the most, we were talking about this earlier before we started recording. Just Justin has been on fire lately on his Instagram yeah. stories, the things he posts, like everything he does right now has just been on fire. Also check out his face filter on Instagram. It's super creepy. It's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty drunk when I used it, and I was like, "What is going on in my in my pixels, life right now?" Pixels, pixels over matter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, Justin. Uh, you know, we, we we addressed this earlier, but you know, Adrian is a huge inspiration to us. Balancing his his career as a medical professional with his with his uh, his creative side gig, if you will, like that he has with us. You know, so yeah. that's that's incredible to see. So you know, just just having friends that inspire you on a daily basis is is a blessing. I I was particularly moved, like I wasn't I never really considered him a source of inspiration before, but I just saw the Travis Scott documentary on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. and it is awesome. Like I like for anyone who like I feel like uh, it's good to watch if you feel like you're kind of in a rut with your with your whatever it is you got going on whatever creative thing you're doing, if you feel like you're kind of in a rut like with what you're doing or you're kind of like, you're in like this rock in a hard place situation, which I'm, I'm experiencing a little bit right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, it's definitely something good to watch. It's very uplifting because admittedly, I had never even heard Travis Scott's talking voice before that documentary. <laughs> like, but yeah, it was just, you know, like, like we've, we've seen, we've seen this before but like it, it's cool to see in the way that it was shot for that specific documentary you know from like humble beginnings he had like like not even not that long ago like what it's like five years ago he had shows with just 15 people and now he's well everybody knows him everybody knows him now so yeah <laughs> um, yeah so just just seeing that growth uh, within someone and seeing what a person, a seemingly normal person is capable of achieving, like, yeah, it's definitely, definitely moving. Like, I, I definitely recommend watching it. Yeah, no, I, I haven't gotten the chance to check it out yet, but I, I will soon. I'll definitely check it out soon. I'm not a huge Travis Scott fan, but I, I definitely think it's worth watching from the feedback that I've seen all over social media and hearing it from you, too. Yeah, a lot of people have been praising it, so I'll definitely check it out when I get the chance. Yeah, very um, personal. Yeah. yeah you mentioned personal. something earlier um, about being in a creative rut. How do you handle that situation? Like, what, what do you do to get yourself out of that? Well, um, so, you know, it's, it's different for everyone. But for, for me, at least, like, um, I find myself in a creative rut, at least with photography, because since it is my job now, since I do it, 
at the very least for five days a week, uh, you know, from nine to five or nine to 6 PM every day for five days. Like if you do it so often and in that much repetition, and if what you're photographing isn't like, you know, moving to you. Cause like, you know, in my case, like, like I, I, I take photos of like a lot of e-com, like, you know, like yeah. product shops, like whenever you're shopping, if you, if you guys don't know what, what the e-com photography is, like, like it's <laughs> whenever you're on amazon.com or, or whatever, like, and you're looking for, I don't know, like a t-shirt and like you type in t-shirt on Amazon and you see those product shots on a website. That's what I do a lot of the time. And I've been doing that way more this year, more than ever. Like, I've been, like so, you know, like when, when you go through that much repetition and like it just becomes like mind numbing, like you kind of feel your brain turning into mush. Like Josh yeah. had a similar experience because, you know, uh, I've been so busy at work that, that uh, it's cool that my boss started letting me hire my friends as freelancers to, to kind of help me with my workload. And, you know, naturally I'll, have my, I'll hire my friends. I hired Josh and Powell. Uh, Josh has been sitting next to me uh, every every day almost for the last two weeks just helping <laughs> me edit all these product shots and he on the first day he was like dude I don't know how you do this all day like because <laughs> you can you can feel your you can it's like it's like think of creativity as like a soul and you just feel it like leaving your body like like some ghostbuster shit like damn that's what it feels like. <laughs> That, that that's what it feels like it's just, just like the life being sucked out of you like, you know like so 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 in order to kind of combat that whenever i do have time like i'll step away from the camera and lately i'll just like like focus on things that um that aren't photography related like like i'll look at a lot of art like fine art paintings uh design um fashion I'll, I'll just look at things outside of that world to kind of just gain different perspectives yeah and if i find anything cool i try to employ that within photography so i think that's a good that's just a generally good exercise uh to develop when you if you're a photographer and you find yourself in a rut or if you're anything and you find yourself in a rut like just look outside of your industry and gain different perspectives because um, um, this this one photographer I used to watch his uh, his his stuff on YouTube all the time. His name is Chase Jarvis. Um, he he said that that's like the biggest secret in photography is you look at everything from outside and yeah. gain those perspectives. So that's something that's stuck with me um, up until now. Um, I find it very helpful and like therapeutic to do that. Because it kind of, it kind of, you know, like when you when you look at different things, like it kind of refreshes your brain. It kind of resets your brain, and uh, yeah, uh, it's just a good way to keep your mind in motion. Word. So, so it doesn't fall into that. Yeah, definitely. Word. I, I yeah. totally agree. Like for me, for me, like I I don't really do too much creative work anymore at this point, but you know, I'm doing other things now, and. I find it extremely important that whenever I am, whenever I feel like I'm stuck, like I study every single day. I just, I take a step back and I try to learn something new every day or I try to gain some value 
take in some kind of information that's that's going to you know continue to add more perspective into my life every single day i'm doing that every single day because you know i just i just feel like it's really important for me to continue growing as a person as an individual aside from my career as a artist as a as a model whatever i just find it really important to to just continue to grow Uh, yeah exactly so like you said like sometimes it's really positive to just take a step back and observe instead of forcing creativity yeah that's what a lot of people end up doing they end up forcing themselves to to create something to do something that you know they may not be satisfied with whether sometimes that's obviously for work or you feel forced to do something for work but also you know i even do it I, i was guilty of it all the time like as a photographer like I'm really only good at concert photography. I'm not good at anything else. And so if I felt like I was in a rut or I wasn't getting jobs or opportunities in that world, like I would just force myself to shoot and never be happy with anything. And then it, it actually would just dig me into a deeper hole. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and, and that's, that was so counterproductive for me. Yeah. And that's like, that's kind of a hazardous thing with uh, social media is especially with Instagram, because, like, the way that Instagram is laid out, if you're the kind of person that cares about pleasing an audience, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, a lot of people, you know, build their accounts specifically for that purpose, for gaining an audience and maintaining that audience's attention. If you're not posting, like, once a day, it's really, really easy for you to, like, become irrelevant. Because, you know, like, because now there's like all these like all these measurements that like Instagram shows you how many times your profile was viewed and Word, how many yeah. times your, your, your stories were viewed and, and all that stuff. So like when you're not constantly posting, it kind of does dig you in a deeper hole. But like sometimes you just kind of have to like learn to to step away from that because it's not always about like your 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 creative career shouldn't revolve around an app. Word, no, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's what's your like, relationship with Instagram right now? Um, I mean, I still post on it, uh, maybe like once a month. I don't really enjoy it the way that I used to, uh, to be honest, because it's it's made it hard. Like you know, like these these the current algorithm has made it hard to see to keep up with your friends unless you're like actively like typing in their names and stuff. Um, it's it's made it hard to kind of keep up with what they're doing it's just like the way that information is is uh is organized through that app is very confusing to me so i haven't really been enjoying it that much and like it seems to like crash a lot it seems to have been crashing a lot recently yeah with like they're like they're like bot cleansing and like and like all these new things they're trying out so i don't know like I haven't really been enjoying it as much, even though that's the app that I have the most followers on. So yeah. it, it could be potentially the app that you would have the most interactions on, but that's not the case. Like, like on Twitter, I only have like, like what, like 200 followers. I never post anything, hardly ever. I just, you just, it's just fun to like lurk. Like, Word, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think for Reddit lurking. too. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention Reddit, but like I'm on Reddit all the time because like, yeah, yeah. Josh said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Reddit is just a good resource for for a lot of things. Like Twitter is a good resource for news because um, 
because things spread like fire on there. But like Reddit is a really good place for like, it's also a good place for memes. Um, you know, like, sure. um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of life advice on there. Um, Word. financial advice. Word. So, you know, definitely a good resource. Like don't sleep on Reddit. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah so- for us as creatives, as visual creatives, like, it's really difficult to balance that that social media thing because like if we didn't have instagram we may not have found the careers that we have now you know we we probably would not have created the opportunities for ourselves to do what we're doing now but at the same time like i haven't posted on instagram in five months (laughs) you know it's been a long time it's been a long long time like on my my main instagram i have not posted in five months I I update my story almost every day just out of, you know, just because I know I have a following there and I might as well continue to use it. But I haven't really felt inspired to post anything in in a really long time, a really, really long time. And so, like, yeah, I'm trying to break through this thing where I guess I have this Instagram block. Like, I, I just don't really find feel the need to post anything right now. I want to break it, but still like i'm i'm still having trouble like what direction do i want to go in with this this instagram account you know i have a pretty decent following there i get pretty decent engagement and i don't really know what to do with it at this point because i just haven't been inspired by anything lately for for social media you know yeah and that's that's the craziest part like we kind of we kind of create these personas for ourselves through instagram like my life on Instagram is so different from my life on Twitter, you know, <laughs> Twitter is my life. Twitter is my whole life. It's all there. If you follow me, you'll know, but don't follow me, please. But if you follow me, you'll know everything's there. Shout out to my 800 followers on Twitter, but uh, like Nick's wall. the Nick's wall, baby, <laughs> all Nick's all the time. But, um, yeah, like when it comes to Instagram, like we're so picky as to what ends up being on our feeds. You know, like it's so carefully curated so that we can look like everything's perfect all the time. And I think that's why I haven't posted in so long or haven't really felt even in the past two years, I've probably posted like 10 times. <laughs> like literally ever since I moved to the Philippines, I've posted like 10 to 15 times. So it's in almost two years. Like I really just haven't been on it because I don't really want to build a separate public persona through social media than what I am in real life. You know, and same thing goes for you. Like your Instagram is strictly dedicated to like your creative work. So yeah. It's like, oh, cops are outside. They're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're about to bust through my door. But yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, that said, as much as we bashed Instagram right now, me personally, I'll probably never delete the app or my oh, account. Of course not. Yeah. You know, it's still a good way to keep up with your friends fr- from overseas or in like in other cities, like. Uh, it's still great to see them posting work. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of not it for me right now. Like, I don't know, like basically what just, what Dom touched on, it's, that's not where our source of inspiration is right now, but you know, that may change. That may change in the the coming months or years or so. Like we'll, we'll see, but you know, like, I think it's just important for, because a, a lot of people get get really caught up in the likes and followers. Um, uh, we would just recommend that you don't do that. 
Like, if you if you are one of those people, like, that are contemplating on whether or not you should develop an internet persona, I'm going to, we're going to tell you right now, like, just be yourself. Exactly. Just be yourself. If you're going to do it, just be yourself. Yeah, if you're going to, like, if, as long as you're true to yourself, like, the right people will come, you know? Like, and that applies to anything in life. Exactly, man. That's, like, one of the biggest things that I've been, like, I've been trying to live by is, like, speak your truth, live your truth, like, let everything be your truth, you know? Like, yeah. that's the best way to interact with people. It's the best way to inter- interact through social media is just being yourself goes such a long way because people will, somebody's going to find value in that, you know? And people are going to have more of a reason to interact with you, to engage with you if you are just really, really honest and, and true to yourself, which is why, like, when, once I do start posting again, like, I think that's the direction I want to head where it's more more honest documentation as opposed to what my Instagram has been for the past five years where it's strictly, like, professional photos of me or professional photos that I've taken. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of want to go into a more more honest lifestyle-like direction as opposed to strictly portfolio because being strictly portfolio is it's really draining sometimes yeah it's really, really draining it, it's like mentally draining yeah and um yeah like you know like n- like neither of us are are internet famous or by any means but like yeah i i i, I always thought it was it was kind of weird where like like we may have more followers like than the average person Mm-hmm. But like we're we're still at the end of the day we're still normal ass people like <laughs> yeah like like I, I I I'm always like a little weirded out when people feel like they can't talk to me like or like when when we get like sometimes we'll get like approached in public and like you know like I don't know I I, I just think it's kind of weird so yeah like to anyone who's listening like we're just regular ass people. Um, <laughs> word <laughs> and and we try to we, we we try to convey that as much as possible like like through social media and now through this podcast like you know like like we 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 do cool things but at the end of the day we're still human beings yeah like, for sure. exactly exactly so it's yeah. like to find that human balance with social media yeah it's hard it's really difficult yeah are you working on anything in particular right now that you might be sharing on Instagram soon? Or you just recently posted, so probably not, right? <laughs> uh-huh. it's take another three weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, even though, like, like I'll post, like, once a month. Um, yeah, like, I'll post, like, once a month, but I always have something I'm working on. Like, yeah, I have, I probably have, like, three different things that, like, I haven't touched in, like, the last couple months because, like, that, that's kind of what my workflow is like. Like, I kind of like to work on... A bunch of different things at a time and if i find something that's kind of speaking to that's kind of speaking to me more than anything else like i'll focus on that one thing and everyone everything else kind of just gets like left aside but like i think it's a big thing to do that because once you do get to those other things that you're working on it's a huge like motivational step to know that you've already started on it rather yeah because like Cause like starting on something, whatever it is like, that you're doing is like, whether it's like a, a, a piece of art or like, like a set of photos to edit, or even just like working out, like, you know, like yeah. just starting something is like the hardest thing to do. So just knowing that you already started it, like, is like a big, big help. Like, 
Yeah, and that's that's sort of different from the way you used to work, though, man. I remember yeah. like we used to we used to just shoot and edit in the same night, and then have yeah. that shit up on Instagram the next day. We had like <laughs> nothing else to do, so we, we had nothing else <laughs> to do. Yeah, so we were back then. We were just trying to like you know we were just trying to like like find like things to do with our time. Like back then, we had nothing but time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you know, as as you get older and and you get you get a uh, you get more like settled into whatever career you have going on, like it's harder. It becomes harder and harder to find that time, especially with like you know, as you get older, you you have more responsibilities like to balance your like social life and your relationships and you know your family life. Like it it just becomes harder to find that time. So like so now I just try to do a little bit every day instead of just trying to like like i feel like doing a little bit every day is more productive than trying to crank out one thing within like a night sometimes i still have to do that because you know like like work with work deadlines and stuff but like as much as possible like just try to do it a little bit like whatever you're doing i think just like doing it a little little by little every day is the most effective because like like you don't like finding time to rest is really important too. So like, like, like whenever, like, I don't think you're going to be as effective as a creative when you look at something with tired eyes. Um, so just having like that rest and, you know, like picking back up on it the next day with a fresh set of eyes is incredible. is like incredibly helpful. Word. No, that's a really, really yeah. good point. That's a really, really yeah. good point. Yeah. I like that. I don't really function that way. Sometimes, sometimes I do, sometimes <laughs> I don't, but no, that's a really, really good point. Everybody's different in their creative workflow. You know? Yeah, you know, and yeah, like Dom said, what may work for me may not work for you. It's just finding that balance. Just make sure you're not sacrificing like your your well being, because it's very easy to do that. Like especially like as millennials, like like burning out is like glorified. Like, <laughs> you know, like wait, what do you mean by that exactly? Because I feel like it's it's so like it's so glorified to like it's like yeah, like I fucking pulled an all nighter to crank this out like. Yeah, it's cool, oh, but like yeah, doing it, yeah. doing it on a regular basis is is just like it shouldn't be like viewed as how it is, you know. Like it's great to work hard, but like not at the expense of your well being. Yeah, so that's, that's that's kind of something that I've started to take in more too. Like, like, like if if posting every day is gonna cost me this, like it's not worth it. So that's very very true. That's a really good point. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. We're running out of time here. Word. It's been super fun talking about myself. I (laughs) I don't really get to do this that often. And, um, you know, if I weren't talking to Dom, I'd be super uncomfortable right now. But (laughs) he's he's my boy. So I feel like this can only happen in this kind of scenario. So, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, just a couple last questions. Um, we already talked about the Travis Scott documentary, but uh, is there anything else that you might suggest people to check out right now, whether it be a movie, a TV show, anime, a book, a podcast, a video game, anything like that? Hmm, okay. I've got a couple things. Um, honestly, if you haven't played Zelda Breath of the Wild... <laughs> I, I know. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people have played that game. It's been out for two years now. 
I think it won Game of the Year in 2017. Okay. But if you haven't played that game, I suggest that you play it because I was never a big Zelda fan. I'd never played any previous versions of Zelda before that. But it's a beautiful game. And like not only not only was it like really fun to play, it's also visually well done. So um anyone who's you know like like a visual creative, whether you're a photographer, an artist, a designer, definitely like if you're like a game developer. Um yeah. like like anyone who's in the visual field will appreciate this game absolutely so uh check that out what else i've been watching demon slayer check out demon slayer it's a it's a i haven't heard of that it's an anime it's a new anime oh Um, really like it's only like 20 episodes in uh i have a crunchyroll membership so uh i just i just like I'll just have like my weeb days where I just binge watch uh, on all the animes I'm currently watching. But Demon Slayer is very good. <laughs> um, the art style is something that I uh, resonate with a lot. Like, if if you know my work and you're familiar with the stuff that I post, like, and you watch Demon Slayer, you'll see why. Um, it's set in like feudal Japan, and oh sweet, know, just, yeah, just just like the title, it's about a kid who slays demons, like. But like the the way that it's uh the way that it's drawn is is something that I find really cool. Like it's like like I said, it resonates with kind of my art style. There's like a lot of bold lines and um and like just a lot of like like flowing like elements. So and and the story is really good. So if you need any visual stimulation, check out Demon Slayer. Damn, um, all right. Yeah, I'll check that out. I haven't, I haven't really heard much about that, but I'll check that out for sure. Fucking fire. I'm it's looking so for something new. I just started probably, rewatching Seinfeld. See, yeah, dude. And you, you've probably seen it on Twitter and just didn't know what it was. Mm, yeah, 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 most likely. Most likely. Yeah, so um, there's that. As of right now, that's about it for me. All right, uh, word. That's the Wild and Game Slayer. Very he- heavy anime influences. And if you've listened to this entire episode, I've talked about anime a good bit. So <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, we're things big have come fans. full circle. Yeah, things have come full circle once again. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh, yeah. So while we close out, you can just tell the people where they can find you on 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 social media and everything. Word. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Paolo Del Castillo. Um, that's too much to spell out, but that's my name. Handle <laughs> is just my name, Paolo Del Castillo, all one word. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Barangay Boy. Uh, boy, boy with an I. Boy with an I. Yeah. And you can <laughs> find me on my website, which has my email, just paolodelcastillo.com. But whenever people ask me for my work, I'll usually refer to my website over my Instagram now because you have freedom to make it look like how you want. So definitely. Yeah. Oh, his website out. is super dope. The website is super dope. We're in. We're going to have yeah. a Barangay site coming soon. Coming so, soon. In the works. In the works. <laughs> Progress. All right. So that's just about, that's just about it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah, dude. Thank you for having me. Like I said. If here, this, bro. Yeah, dude. Of course. Like, 
if this was anybody else, I would have been super uncomfortable, and this would have been a really weird episode. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, uh, we're. I'm, I'm lucky to have the dynamic that I have with Dom. Uh, I feel like I could talk to this dude about anything. Anybody who knows Dom, like, I feel like anyone who knows him has nothing negative to say about him. So, yeah, dude, he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, you can find me at Alcantara Dominic on Instagram. Don't follow me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> in touch with the Barangay Boys. We got more shit coming up. Uh, yeah, that'll be all for now. Peace, everybody. Peace out.